Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week, we continue our series, Compassion, as guest artist Willett joins us. Our worship director, Austin Sisk, spends time interviewing their lead singer, Jeremy, as he shares about the compassionate work God is accomplishing through their ministry. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Great to have you here with us today, Jeremy. I'm Thank excited you. that you guys were able to come and, and share with us and just talk about what you guys do and what you're about. Thanks. Um, would you mind just taking a second and uh, just kind of introducing yourself again to us and just sort of walk through what you guys um, do and your mission? Sure. Um, again, my name is Jeremy. I'm here with my two brothers, Justin and Jordan, and our last name is Willett. That's where our band name comes from. And uh, we're approaching our 10th year of touring full-time as a band. And um, we're not super proud of this, but when we started years ago, uh, we started because we had big dreams in the music industry. You know, like we wanted to go pursue a, a record deal and have um, songs on the radio and play the biggest festivals and everything. And in our second year of touring full time, um, a friend of ours uh, invested into our ministry by sending us to Ethiopia. And uh, this was the first time that we encountered extreme poverty. And we were face to face with um, over 1,000 children that live in this in this community in Ethiopia, and God really changed our hearts there. And we realized at that moment that if our ministry and our band exist um, solely to be a voice for these kids when we go back to the States, then, then that's what we are going to stand for. And so we came back to the U.S., and, and we tore up record contract offers that we had, and we put aside kind of our dreams, and we replaced it with a vision to live out Proverbs 31.8, which is to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. And so we've been doing that, that now for uh, coming on 10 years. And um, through this, this is what's amazing to me, is through this original investment by, by a friend of ours that, that spent, I don't know, $8,000 or so to send us to Africa, that has now turned into fruit of over $8 million being raised for community development through seeing over 2,500 children sponsored and then launching a 1 million uh, school feeding program with Stop Hunger Now. And at the end of this tour, next week, uh, we would have packaged 800,000 meals so far through World Events. Yeah, man, that's great. Can we just give God a hand for that? It's really incredible what you guys are accomplishing with that. And uh, what's really neat is we actually get the opportunity today as a church to pack 10,000 meals. Um, So could you just tell us what that specifically helps uh, to provide for the people we're doing that for? Absolutely. I mean, hunger is still a major issue in our world today. And so what we found as a band is that we were getting a lot of opportunities to come into churches like this, and we were asked to lead worship. But the conflict that we were having in our heart was we were spending a lot of time overseas in impoverished countries, and we began to see God's word come to light where, where worship is not confined to just music and a song, right? And so we began to understand that perhaps we could come in and we could lead worship and we could corporately sing together, but then we could invite the church to be a part of what genuine worship looks like by caring for the poor and feeding the hungry. And so that's why we launched this uh, Million Meal Campaign with Stop Hunger Now. And when we package those meals today, they're going to go to school feeding programs all over the world. And when we started this um, campaign with Stop Hunger Now, we wanted to actually see it for ourselves. So we traveled over to Nicaragua, and we went to one of the school feeding programs. Now, here's the amazing thing. As as you heard on the video, Pastor Eric was sharing about, it's just a couple cents for each meal. Um, But the impact is amazing in the community. The children um, that are suffering from malnutrition and starvation, 
they are now encouraged to go to school to receive that free meal. And so they go for an education. They receive that nutritious meal that you guys will pack today. And then while we were there in Nicaragua, we learned that a majority of the teachers in the schools are followers of Jesus, right? And these teachers are boldly sharing the gospel in the schools. So for 29 cents a meal, the gospel is being advanced to the nations and entire communities are being transformed through food, education, and of course, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, man, that's great. And that's what it's really all about, you know? And um, it's great that we get to be a part of that today because we get to, to be a part of the process of what that looks like. Um, I think sometimes it can be hard to fully connect the dots, though, because we don't get to be on the ground in mm-hmm. Nicaragua. Yes. And sometimes that can be a little bit of a disconnect for us. Um, but through doing this and getting to hear from you about what that's doing, it really allows us to, to just see and feel that significance it is, together. because all of us play a major role in this, okay? Like, I believe that some of us are going to be called to go, and others are going to be equipped to send those that are called to go, yeah. right? And so that's what's happened through the past 10 years is as we've traveled to churches across America, we've basically, our, our main vision is to inspire the church into worship and missions. And so what we find is that actually if we, if we focus on the fact that our role is to worship God, then all of a sudden missions just naturally flows out of that worship. Absolutely. And so I don't think that you can really uh, disconnect worship and missions. And I think for too long we've, we might have done that as a church, you know. And so here we are, a worship band. Our, our primary um, role and the, the primary way people see us is up here, um, you know, beating on drums and playing guitars and stuff. But at the end of the day, we do that because we want to inspire the church to say, look, we live in, in a world where two-thirds of our world lives in poverty. And so this, this cannot be all that worship is. And I think that we have that opportunity today to feed the hungry, and that's worship. Yeah, it's great. It's great. You know, I think one thing that's really cool as well that I get to see in you after getting to, to know you a little bit better is that one of the ways you involve yourself in compassionate work is through your music and a lot of your songs speak to this. You, you, it's, it's very clear and obvious that you guys have a big heart for poverty and for feeding the hungry and for those that can't do it for themselves. And uh, could, could you just talk about maybe those songs or, or maybe one of them that impacts you and that you've seen impact other people personally? Yeah, sure. So we were writing a new record last year, um, and it's called Searchlight. It's back on our table. And so the, the title track of that record, Searchlight, um, I was writing verse 2. And um, I wrote these lyrics that said that fields in the east are growing fruit and workers in the west are growing few. All the nations are yours. We proclaim the coming of the Lord. Here I am. Send me. And then it goes into the chorus. Light of the world, send us into the darkness. Your word is a searchlight. Your word is a searchlight. And uh, when we wrote it, um, we were struggling on on if we were going to actually keep that second verse because it's not really your Sunday morning like feel-good corporate worship yeah, song. Right? We're calling out ourselves. And um, we decided to keep it as kind of a, a prophetic like message to say that as we travel, I, I was just in Malawi, Zambia, and Kenya two weeks ago, and um, this really quick trip into all these countries, seeing the work that God's doing there. And what I found consistent in all three countries was the missionaries that we were going to uh, connect with is they grew up in Malawi, right? And they were ministering in Malawi. But many of those uh, missionaries and pastors, they had just gotten back from trips to India and to other places in the world. And so they are now traveling to other nations. And we are literally seeing the Great Commission being fulfilled, yeah, right? That's great. And before that trip, um, just about a month before I went to all three of those countries, I was in the Rift Valley in Kenya. 
And um, I was asked to travel on the Bible tour, which is a, a tour that's in conjunction with the Bible miniseries on NBC. And you might have seen the Son of God movie in theaters a while ago. And so they put together this tour. Stephen Curtis Chapman was the headliner, and they asked me to speak on it. And so we, we flew over to Kenya, and we made a short film, right, of what was going on there. Yeah. And so when I came back, um, I traveled on this tour, 16 cities across America, and I was encouraging the audience to, to be a part of what God was doing in Kenya. There was 3,000 children that lived in the, um, the surrounding villages in this community in the Rift Valley. Uh, families there were living on less than 25 cents a day. It had not rained since 2007, and as I looked around, you could not see food, you could not see water. This was a, a very, very desolate area. And so as I'm, as I'm sharing on the, the Bible tour with, with Stephen, um, at the end of the tour, we ended up seeing 2,700 children sponsored on that tour, and so there is help that is on the way. And so as part of this tour, um, my brothers and I are traveling uh, all week on a worship and meal packing tour. And you might have seen as you were coming in, we're working to get the last 300 kids sponsored on our tour through Child Fund International. Um, The amazing thing to me is it's $28 a month, so it's less than a dollar a day. And that's how we're working to inspire the church to be a part of missions on a long-term basis. Cool, man. That's awesome. I'm sure that was really amazing getting to see God just work. And see people step up in that yes. way. Yeah, man, that's great. Um, you know, another thing that I see in you as well is that you not only sing and encourage compassion, but you're also living it. Um, and specifically through walking through the process of adopting a child right now yes. with your family. Why don't you just tell everyone about that? Yeah. It's pretty um, awesome. This is actually amazing to be here right now because my wife and I started um, the process of adopting from Ethiopia five years ago. Um, We were told it would take about six to eight months to finish the process. And we had seen um, in Ethiopia specifically uh, an entire community of HIV orphans. Um, They had lost their parents because of this, and it really impacted the community. And so when we agreed to adopt internationally, uh, we specifically signed up to adopt a, a child that was HIV positive. And so, uh, like I said, we were told it would be about six to eight months. We filled out all the paperwork. We started setting aside funds and raising funds at, um, at our concerts, even asking the church to help. And um, we even painted the nursery and everything. I mean, we were ready. So uh, the six to eight month mark came up, and we received news about a delay in Ethiopia. And so one year passed, and two years passed, and three years passed, and still no child And here we are seeing um, what's happening in the nations and still traveling on short-term teams and still leading worship all over the country, still advocating for child sponsorship, but here waiting on God's promise to to bring us a son or daughter that needed a family. And so uh, after the third year of waiting, we received a call about this uh, little boy born in Ghana, Africa, which is on the other side of the continent, right? Right. And uh, they they were asking us if we'd be willing to switch our paperwork and the country where we were adopting from. And the reason was is there was a lot of families in line uh, to adopt from Ghana, but when they learned about this boy's condition, HIV positive, uh, malnourished, had malaria, very sick, uh, they kind of passed on it, and they said, you know, we want to wait for a healthy child. Mm -hmm. So our family was called, and we agreed, and overnight we changed all the paperwork. Um, We did another home study, and within 10 days we flew to Ghana, and we gained custody of, um, his name is Evans, we gained custody of Evans, uh, in the first couple days, we began to care for him, get him the medical treatment that he needed. And for the next eight months, my wife and I would live in Ghana, Africa. Uh, my wife stayed there the whole time. 
I ended up traveling back and forth five different times because I had tour dates here that I still had to fulfill. And so at the end of eight months, um, we were waiting for Evan's visa to come home, and we had to do some more tests for the U.S. government for his visa. And so we did what's called a PCR test, which um, helps identify HIV. And they did the test, and around this time, we started to notice Evan's health improving drastically. Um, he was eating fine now. His malaria had gone away. And um, even, even like he would oftentimes get sick because of HIV. It's one of the symptoms. And we even noticed that was starting to clear up. And so this test is sent to South Africa. The results are sent back. And like days before we flew back to the U.S., uh, we learned that our son was HIV negative. That's awesome. And um, <laughs> yeah. So we traveled to John Hopkins Hospital because we were like, we had this test done. We want to believe, we want to believe this, but um, right. we want to make sure we're caring for our son accurately. And so we went to John Hopkins, and the, and the doctor there said, yeah, like, there is no signs of HIV in his blood at all. And he's completely healed. Um, he's healthy. He runs faster than me now, and he eats more <laughs> than I do. Yeah. And, um, and so, so we get home. Um, we affiliate with a mission-sending organization because we, we just really feel a call in our lives to, to serve unreached people groups around the world. And, and that's you know through, through the band's ministry, but also when we're not on tour, that's what I'm doing down in Fort Myers, Florida. Um, and so three months after getting home with Evans, uh, we had actually still had our Ethiopia paperwork in the, the adoption agency. So three months after getting home with Evans, we get a call, and they said, um, are you still willing to adopt? And we're like... Yeah, we were told it might be a year or so after getting home from Ghana. And they said, well, go check your email. You're about to meet your daughter. And so um, we check our email, and we meet. Um, her name is Yodit, which actually means praise in Amharic, which is pretty cool. And so we started the paperwork um, again, and um, that's been about a year and a half. And so um, just last week, we received our court date in Ethiopia, and um, we are traveling to... Ethiopia on Friday to bring our daughter home. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. So we actually have a picture of um, we have a picture of your family, uh, you and your wife and Evans. Were Would you, you Facebook stalking? Up? Is that how yeah, you definitely. That's where I found <laughs> that. And uh, it's just great, man, to see you guys together. Hey, this is my wife Kathleen. This is Evans here. You you know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know what's cool is. Uh, the next time that we see you guys, we'll see a fourth person in that picture. Family of four, and, yeah. Uh, it's just really encouraging to see what you do there. And uh, just the the heart that it takes to want to reach out in that way. Thank you. Really appreciate you for that, man. Um, and just thinking about the compassion of God, um, do you have any specific scripture that comes to mind that you really like to grab onto? Yeah, actually... Um, Recently, I've been reading a lot about the story of the loaves and fish in the Bible, right? And I, I love this story, especially, I, I've known this story forever since Sunday school, right? But um, recently when I was reading it, I caught this new part of the story that I never focused on. And that's, if you remember the story, um, there's this community of people Jesus has been teaching to this large crowd all day long. And the disciples recognize, like, we have to do something. We have to feed these people. They've been here all day. Uh, we should send them away. So they go to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, what are we going to do? We have to feed these people. And this is what I always missed, okay? It was Jesus' response. I think that I always jumped to the miracle that took place right after. Yeah, definitely. But Jesus actually responds, and he says, you feed them, right? He says, you give them something to eat. Go check it out later after church. Like, he says, you feed them. You give them something to eat. And the disciples are like, 
a little discontent with this because they're kind of like, I, I mean, if I was a disciple, I'd be like, Jesus, that's why I came to you. You can do this miracle. And, um, and so around this time where the disciples are a little confused, there's this boy that walks by with five loaves of bread and two fish. And this boy is not uh, popular. He's not wealthy, just an average boy with simple resources. And so the one thing that's fascinating is the boy was willing to give everything he had. And so Jesus, he takes that and he blesses it and then he multiplies it to feed thousands and thousands of people. And the thing I love about this is in in the scriptures, we know the story as the feeding of the 5,000. But at the end, it says that there were 5,000 men present, not counting the women and children. And so if we were to look at that, what probably happened that day was our God fed somewhere between twenty to 30,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And what was really interesting to me about that is, statistically, that's the number of children that die of hunger-related causes every single day in our generation right now. And this is what we believe. This is the reason that my brothers and I have this partnership with Stop Hunger Now. That's the reason we're working to sponsor children in Kenya right now. We believe that like this is happening today. There was that many kids that will die today of hunger-related causes. It happened yesterday, but we believe that it doesn't have to happen tomorrow. And I think that today we can be a part of making sure that that doesn't happen tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And to get to partner alongside with, with you guys just gives us a way to live out compassion. I mean, this is it. This is what we're talking about here. We see Jesus, and we see how he had a heart for those people and that story that he's talking about when he fed everyone. And we actually talked about this story last week here. Awesome. And uh, Eric took uh, the Greek word there that, uh, that's used to describe the compassion that Jesus felt. And it was this deep, inward, um, just conviction and desire to help and want to do. And so for us, um, you know, m- my prayer would be that we would feel that and that we would want to live that out mm-hmm. and, and to just walk alongside of our God and just try and be as much like him as we can be. And he was compassionate. Jesus was very compassionate. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's, we're really excited to do this. And we get the opportunity to go out and pack 10,000 meals right, right after the service. Um, it's just such a really cool thing to be a part of. And we're glad that you're here. Um, I just want to take a second. And uh, can you guys just thank Jeremy for being here? Thanks a lot. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to take a second and pray for you. And you guys, and uh, you're going to get ready to go up and actually play for us the song Searchlight yeah. off of your record. So yep. Thank thanks, you, man. man. Uh, Father, just we're grateful today for you, and God, we're grateful for the cross and just the freedom that that brings and gives to us. And God, we, we, we trust in you, and God, you set us free, and then in light of that, you call us to respond and to go and do and make more disciples and to be compassionate and just live like you. And so, Jesus, today, I just pray that your spirit would just encourage us and help to just lead us and guide us so that we can have not only a deeper understanding of of who you are and what you desire for us, God, but that we would also just have our hearts changed in the process. God, we just pray right now as well for... Um, Jeremy and his brothers uh, and their mission and what they're doing. God, that you would just bless that in a mighty way, in a powerful way. God, we see what you're doing in and through them. And uh, we just pray that you you would just continue to use your spirit and the calling that you've put on their lives to touch a lot of people. 
God, we thank you and we love you. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 915 or 11 a.m.